Welcome to the Geek Heart Games Podcast. Wait, no. I didn't say episode 34 at all. It's fine. I failed. Failed. <laughs> failed a snap. This is a special uh, episode. We've, I we've done an episode or two where we forgot to just say what the episode number was, and we just went with it, and it was fine. So We have. Oh. I'm pretty sure we have. All right. Well, I'm your host, Cody Teacher, alongside my friend, <laughs> Sam Subak. How you doing, Sam? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. My camera just got real blurry there, but now it seems to have settled down. So I think we're we're set. We're looking good tonight. So if you guys aren't we watching are. video, you should go check out some video because uh, we really classed it up for you guys. Tonight. We did have. Uh, uh, in honor of Halloween. Yeah, in honor of Halloween, we uh, decided to go as, uh, what was that, uh, that old TV show? Um, Miami Vice. We were... I was just thinking more like beach bums. I don't because Miami Vice, they were wearing like suits and like the lapels came out like on top of the the suit uh, collar. Like, you know, I feel like and they had, I think they had rolled up sleeves for their suit jackets, perhaps. So I mean, we're we just can, in we're just we in Hawaiian them. shirts and our, and our sunglasses. I mean, you can roll them up, but, okay. yeah. but yeah, yeah, I think we're probably more no. the people that were getting arrested in Miami Vice because we're probably like doing some uh, illegal point. stuff. But that's fine, because we're looking good. We're having a good time. We are. So, we are. Yeah. All right. So this is Geek Hour Game Podcast, guys. Uh, we're here to talk about video games and such. First, some housekeeping. Uh, so this weekend, we're going to have Extra Life. Uh, we're going to be doing it from Thursday to, I think, Sunday, yeah. really, yeah. due to time differences with all of us. Um, so if you go to Twitter right now, we should have a schedule posted up. Um, unless you're listening to this, like, right as it comes out, which then it's like, get back to bed, go to sleep. What are yeah. you doing? Take some um, rest. Take some rest. Uh, so we should have a schedule up talking about, like, when we're all going to be doing stuff, when we're going to be grouping up and all that. Uh, something of that order. So. Uh, and everything's subject to change, you guys. This is the plan. Yeah. And, you know, nothing goes according to plan. So we're just we're just looking at when we're syncing up, when we're going to. So you can plan some of the fun games you want to tune in for. So. Yeah. 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 Um. And as always, you guys can go to geekartgames.com slash extralife, and that'll bring you to our team page. You can donate to anybody on the team. We'd greatly appreciate it if you do donate. Donate. Yeah, donate. Samurai. Um, and, like, we're just really excited. Like, this will be the first year Geek Heart Games is doing this as our own banner. Um, and we want to say thank you so much to everyone who's already contributed to us. Uh, it's, it, it means a lot. So, yeah. And also thank you to our teammates. We've got Bitch Team Alpha going yeah. with us. We've got Melissa Megan from Sirens of Scream. And, of course, the famous Megs. So, yeah, yeah, or she's uh, suddenly referred to as Greg's Greg's. I just um, call her the wonder from down under. So that's a pretty good one. Yeah. Um, and it's a real off. big difference when you take the sunglasses off because everything is a lot. Brighter. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. That's, it's really bright in here. <laughs> Man. All right. OK. So, yeah. Extra life this weekend. Uh, we hope to see you there. Hope you're out there enjoying some of the content we're providing. And yeah, so thank you. All right, so we're having a small little horror check-in this week um, mm-hmm. before we get into the, the games and the main appetizer here. So I meant to say entree and I said appetizer. It's a really <laughs> weird week for me, guys. It's Sorry. fine. It's fine. Um, <laughs> Sam, you watched a Netflix series. Yeah. Called Haunting of Hill House, which I want to watch. Yeah. What are your initial thoughts so far? Um. So I came to this 
like I've I've read the book The Haunting of Hill House by Shirley Jackson, and I liked it all right. Um, she has another book called We Have Always Lived in the Castle, and that's actually one of my favorite books of all time, and I recommend it much more highly than The Haunting of Hill House, but that's beside the point because there's no <laughs> TV series for that one yet. Um, but yeah, I've read it. I've watched like the previous, there's a previous movie, um, had like Catherine Zeta-Jones and uh, Lily someone, I think, I forget. I think I've seen that I one. Know. Okay, I wonder why this sounds so familiar. Yeah. Yeah, and I remember liking it okay, but also I don't remember much of what was in the book or the movie, but I, all I know is that the TV show is really a departure from that. Uh, in the <clears throat> in the book and movie, it was just a bunch of strangers that came to spend the night in the house, I think, and then this stuff happened. In, in this TV series, uh, the characters are all part of a family that grew up there, had some bad stuff happen, they're kind of haunted throughout their lives. Um, I've only watched the first two episodes of it and right away I was, it was kind of, it felt a little weird to me because like a lot of the acting felt like it would be more in place if it were a play rather than a, a movie TV show. Um, it just felt like, like a little overdone dramatic or something. I don't know. And then also it just seems like, like very literary, like when it's narrating and saying things, it's like it wants to say things because it sounds cool, or it's like quotes, actual quotes from the book that it's relaying. Um, so it's kind of like, meh, you know, it's fine. Um, I, you know, we've talked about this, you know, I like my action, I like stuff going on. So this yeah. was just like, it's a little bit slow for me. But what I mean, what I've seen, it is interesting. And I feel like it's going to get even more intriguing as it goes. There's pretty interesting stuff that's happening right now. It does a neat thing where it kind of flips back and forth between when they were all kids growing up in the house and now they're adults and the stuff that's happening. And the they're interesting characters. They've got... Living in this haunted house has really f fucked them up pretty good. So uh, they've got some interesting stuff going on. Also, there's... <laughs> Slight complaint because like all the women look the same in the show, and I mean they're they're related in the show, so I mean it makes sense. Mm -hmm. But also it's like can be confusing, you know. I I have trouble distinguishing between people sometimes. <laughs> I'm like, come on, just let let somebody be a redhead, let someone dye their hair blonde for fun, let it just like you know, let me see who they are. But it's fine. Um, there's some like creepy stuff, like if you. I don't know if you like like the ghosty stuff. I think you'd probably like yeah. it. Um, I don't know. It's I don't know if I'm going to stick with it. Like, I feel like I should try some more. And I hear like I think the sixth episode is like the best hour of television like, yeah. ever produced. Um, and I'm like, well, that sounds neat. And then like, I don't think I actually ever watched the trailer before I watched the show. Because then I watched the trailer after I watched these first two episodes. I'm like, man, this makes it look real good. Like, kind of makes me want to watch some more. But then I don't I don't know if I'm going to go back and watch it. So uh, you need to watch it and, you know, let me know what you think. And then maybe it'll make me keep going with it. So, but a lot of people just love it. So I think I'm yeah. an outlier. So. Yeah, I definitely want to give it a shot and uh, see, how, see how I like it. Um, yeah, I've, I... Just had heard stuff about it, like people uh, talking about it, uh, but I've never watched any of the trailers or anything. So I'm interested in it. I'll have to uh, sit down and watch a couple episodes, and we can do a yeah. after October horror check-in. You should you should watch that trailer. It's real good. 
All right. Um, so I actually listened to an audiobook. Um, so a few days ago, I was on Bloody Disgusting, which if you're a big horror fan, definitely like bookmark or whatever Bloody Disgusting. Uh, it's a good website. They cover all types of horror and cool stuff like that. And so they had a article talking about this YouTube channel that does audiobooks for out of print slasher uh, books and like the main two they talked about was that he has done uh, audiobook readings on Friday Thirteenth book and a Nightmare on Elm Street book. Uh, so the YouTube channel is called the Eighties Slasher. Um, guy's got a nice voice. Wait, uh, I'll give him you that. Broke up just a little bit. You said it's the Eighties Slasher librarian. Okay, thank you. Yeah, uh, the guy's got a really nice voice. Um, he's really nice. Like he's he's reading. He does the first. Uh, about two chapters an episode mm-hmm. so the first one he does the prologue in chapter one and he's kind of like oh you know i don't know if people are gonna like this but like you know these books are out of print and like to buy them would cost you like five hundred dollars so figured <laughs> might as well read them and yeah like he has an excellent point like uh pretty much any friday 13th or nightmare on Elm street stuff that's out of print mm-hmm. like you go on ebay and look it up and it's like five hundred to eight hundred dollars um so the first Friday the 13th book he put up is called Friday the 13th Church of the Divine Psychopath. <laughs> um, and so I think like this book takes place after part six when he is brought back to life and he's been chained to the bottom of uh, Crystal Lake. Mm-hmm. It, between six and eight, I think this takes place in. Because in this book, instead of like him being resurrected by something crazy in part seven or part eight, he is dug out of the water by this church and he's tied to a cross because you kind of start to see uh, that the uh, pastor who refers to Jason as the uh, resurrection of Christ is that all there in the head? <laughs> um, and huh. like he, where I'm at right now, I'm, on, I'm, I'm almost done with chapter two of the audiobook. Uh, he's about to bring all these people, this like congregation of his church goers, I think it's like roughly like 50 to 60 people. He's going to bring them to a commune on Camp Crystal Lake. Uh, and they're going to like build a community there where like they worship God. And I guess they think Jason is going to come back to life and be their God. That's about as far as I've gotten in the book. And I'm really excited to see where this goes because like, <laughs> It's such a crazy idea. Um, so right now he's just dead hanging on the cross. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he's just hanging on the cross uh, because like your main character is this woman named Kelly. And like, she's like, Oh, I've done some bad stuff in my life. And I go to church to kind of like make up for that. But then she also has like a thing for this pastor. <laughs> um, and she's like, she's like, it usually smells really bad in like the, church because like there's no ac and so like people were sweating and there's, a dead there's body. so many people in there and she's like but today it smells like really bad <laughs> and then like he so like hey he gets like five dudes to lift up this cross and he pulls this like curtain off of the cross and you see jason's decaying body on the cross and like there's a maggots falling off of it and she's like oh that's where the stench came from and i'm like how is how are you guys all okay with this because, like, the next chapter of the book is, like, 
these people are like, yeah, like he asked us to sell all our stuff and like come with him to this commune. So that's what we did. And like, I was like, how are you okay with this? Like, it's it's becoming clear that this is like going to become a cult, yeah, um, and well, not yeah. a church. <laughs> um, and so yeah, he also has a Nightmare on Elm Street book up that I want to listen to, and then he I think just started a book based on Jason X, like what happens after Jason X. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to listening to that one. But yeah, definitely. If you're interested in these kind of like out of print books, that you're probably not going to find unless you get really lucky at like a thrift store yeah uh give it a listen um so yeah 80s slasher librarian and i've been listening to the friday 13th church of the divine psychopath i like the name of the book too it's it's a good name yeah um (laughs) but yeah do do we want to hold on do we want to make predictions that like at the end of the book they all have turned into serial killers and like that's like like a little army um, of jasons so you like think he the, just kills them the chapters bounce back and forth between this like cop and then also the church people mm-hmm. and so i think that's what's going to happen is like the cops are going to catch wind of this like cult mm-hmm. and go to stop it and then i think somehow jason's going to come back to life um oh right 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 and probably murder, oh, probably yes. murder all of them yeah yeah uh, so yeah yeah I don't know it's gonna be interesting to see what happens because like i was like why are we learning about this cop guy and i'm like i feel like this is gonna come in later like because like he's nowhere near like camp crystal lake or anything and like i think he's in california so i'm like very confused and i was like i feel like he's gonna make his way out here somehow i don't know where is camp crystal lake what state is that in i want to say ohio oh okay yeah all right yeah because i was listening to something today they were talking about Freddy versus Jason and like they were I know it's in New Jersey. I'm gonna look this up. Okay. I'm not actually hundred percent sure. They've never like really given I'm sure they've given like an actual location, but I'm gonna look it up. Okay. Um Yeah. But Sam, you've been reading a book. Mm-hmm. Would you like to tell me about it? No, let's just skip it. Okay, cool. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, I want to talk about my uh, book. Okay. Oh, okay. You want to talk uh, about your book? Yeah, I want to talk about the book. Okay. So um, I, I was reading The Fireman by Joe Hill, which I think the guys on the optional podcast were talking about this. And like, I'd heard of it before, but they were like, yeah, it's really good. So I was like, okay, let's check it out. Uh, I got it from the library. Um, and basically, okay, so first off, Joe Hill uh, he's a fiction writer, but then he also does comics and he wrote Lock and Key, which is my, pretty much my favorite comic of all time. Uh, it's kind of a horror comic as well. Uh, so, and I've read a lot of his other books and so I really enjoy his writing. Um, so the fireman is about this plague has started in the world and it's called dragon scale and people start getting like this black splotches on their skin and then it has like kind of gold inlays and like it starts appearing and like once it starts appearing like these people have a problem where sometimes they spontaneously combust and catch fire and just burn to death um so it's you know it's a problem uh and you know it just turns into an epidemic and becomes one of those kind of like post-apocalyptic kind of situations and we're with the point of view of this woman named Harper who she was a school nurse but when all this happened she went to work at the hospital to help out with patients uh who have the dragon scale and um it's like it's it's 
it's kind of horror because, you know, it's like the, the apocalypse and people are catching fire and burning and like that's terrifying. Uh, but then it, it does the thing where really the scary stuff is the other people in the world. Uh, because like it becomes a very clear us versus them and so like anyone who's infected the non-infected people are you know trying to lock them up in camps keep them like separated from everyone and then like there are vigilante crews that start going out and just taking matters into their own hands and just killing people even before they you know uh become a threat and so uh I mean, I don't want to, like, say too much because, like, you know, it's interesting to have the twists and turns as you go through. Um, but some some interesting things happen along the way. Uh, and, you know, just situation just keeps going from bad to worse, really, uh, as, you know, you might expect in, in something like that. Um, but it's a, it's a really good read. And it's just like, it's one of those where the writing is so good and like, I guess it pulls on your empathy and like you start just feeling upset for the situation that Harper is placed in a lot of the time. Cause like, you know, yeah. she's just like in a rock and a hard place. And it's like, what is she going to do in this? Cause it's like, there's no easy way out. Um, so yeah, it's always cool when a book can like get you in your emotions and like really make you start feeling stuff for the characters. So uh, it's a good read. Um, the title comes from there's a character who dresses like a fireman so he's oh, okay. he's the namesake for that he has an actual name but like that's also like his nickname and he's you know kind of a hero of the book uh but yeah i highly recommend it it's it's very good all the way through so yeah joe hill is a uh, very good writer i started reading heart-shaped box mm-hmm. by him um i think i like halfway through that book and i just stopped I should really go back to that one. But yeah, that sounds, uh, sounds really interesting with the spontaneously combusting into flames. So. Yeah. Well, and like sometimes it'll be like they'll start like getting real stressed out and they'll just start like smoking and they'll be like trying to like oh. calm down. Like, don't don't let it get out of control. Don't catch on fire, you know, and then it'll be like cause chain reactions. Like if, if one person catches on fire, then everyone else freaks out and like a bunch of people will catch on fire. So <sighs> be a bad way to oh, go. But uh, yeah. But yeah. The Fireman by Joe Hill. I recommend it. All right. That's our little horror check-in for the week. But uh, we've also been playing some video games. Uh, I've been playing some more Call of Duty Black Ops. And I finally managed to get a win in Blackout. Now, here's the thing. (laughs) I've been playing Battle Royale for a while. Um, And I want to say, like, my first couple wins in Fortnite, my heart was racing mm-hmm. but then after that like it kind of goes away because like it's just kind of yeah yeah because you got it so much because you're always winning and it's no big deal not like some of us who uh, still never won it's uh, fine it's fine <laughs> um h1z1 like i just never like it never felt very like high stress situation yeah. and like PUBG the same thing uh this win um <laughs> i was sweating I was in my chair just sweating. I was like, oh, God. Oh, God. Uh, like, because it was like the final circle was about to start. And, you know, like, in these battle rounds where the final circle starts, like, it just starts coming inwards. And, like, you have to try to, like, get good positioning or else you're dead. Um, it's like it was about to be the final circle. And there was still, like, 12 people alive. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> um, 
I had like three kills at the time. And so like I'm moving in and like luckily like four dudes, I guess like blew each other up by throwing nades. It's <laughs> like, all right, it's only seven more people. Um, I get into this room and I'm like, I see my health start going down, but I'm not like my, my controller, I guess, freaked out and like wasn't oh. vibrating as if I was taking damage. Yeah. I look across the room and one of those barricades that shoots out microwave waves is on the other side of the room. I hadn't noticed it. It was like some dude tucked it into the wall and it's covering like this entire room. I'm in. So I'm like, shit, I gotta get out of the room. So I like fly through the window as fast as possible. And I was like, I'm going to die. Cause like, I like, I had some healing, but I was like kind of using it very quickly just to like make yeah. sure I was above a hundred. Cause I didn't want to get like two shot. And like, I'm hearing gunfire left and like all around me. Like, it's above me. It's like across from me. I'm like, Oh shit. Like I'm going to like lose this in the final people. I'm gonna be so mad. Uh, and then I guess the rest of the people were just like, we're not going to notice Cody on the ground crawling around like a little snake, whatever. So <laughs> I managed to kill one dude. And I think, like, it's funny, but then, like, I'm sure, like, it can lead to bad shit. Uh, but when you kill somebody and if their mic is on, you can hear anything they're saying at the time. So I killed this dude. And this dude was like, mother, just dropping curse words at me. And I was like, oh, God. Oh. <laughs> and so at that point, I'm up to four kills. And I think it's just four people left. So I was like, I'm like, okay, just three people left. I can do this. I guess the dude who had laid the microwave gun or microwave wall mm-hmm. down had come back to check on it because <laughs> I see his head poke up and I'm like, oh, and I, like uh, I had a shotgun and I just shoot him once and he just falls over. I was like, okay, he had no help. Whatever, I'm gonna take the I'm gonna take the kill there. Yeah. Um. And then so there's two other people left and the one dude I guess had got into the rafters of this like missile silo. Okay. So he's walking around on the rafters and he's shooting down at somebody, but he doesn't see me. So I pick off the dude he's shooting at. I guess there's not an easy way down from the rafters. Like you're kind of trapped up there. Yeah. And so we, it, the final circle starts happening, and it's closing in. I look up, and he is running around trying to get out of the circle, but he's trapped on these rafters because there's no easy way to get down. And he, like, I guess, finally finds these like stairs. But luckily, I'm sitting at the bottom of the stairs. He starts running at me, and I just pop him a couple times. And the last circle does like. 20 damage at a time so he was like no help and like it comes up and it's like leave no one standing is what they call it and i was like fuck yeah like i was jumping in the chair but it was very stressful um (laughs) and i was like because like i think like two games before i got into the top 10 Mm -hmm. and like i just made a stupid decision where i ran out into an open area with no cover yeah and thought i'd be fine and i got like sniped but like after this win, I was like, I gotta keep playing because like, what if the next game goes well? Uh, spoiler alert: it did not. Um, <laughs> I got like destroyed within like five seconds. Yeah, that's uh, it. Um, I do think the my biggest issue with Blackout after I played like I played like I probably put about twenty hours in now and just wow. Blackout mode. Um, I think my biggest complaint is. So there's different levels of armor, but like if you shred someone's armor off and they shred your armor off and like but you win the gunfight and you, you kill them, you still come out losing in that scenario because you can't pick up their armor because it's shredded. Yeah. 
And so you're running around without armor, and like armor is actually kind of beneficial to have. Um, yeah. And like sometimes you can go and like never find it. So like without it, you're you just kind of feel naked. Like especially because like unless you find something called a trauma kit, it's the only way you can get up to 200 health. Yeah. Um, without it, like you can only go to 150. But the armor like lets you take some hits before mm-hmm. the uh, you start losing health. And so I, I hope they like address that where like okay like if I beat a dude who has a level three armor, it's not instantly gone when I kill them. Like because I think it's like the way their armor works in Call of Duty is if you shoot them anywhere, it counts as armor, even though the like mm-hmm. the actual look is the armor is covering your chest and your head. Yeah. So if you shoot someone in like the leg of the arms, maybe don't count that as an armor hit. Because I think in PUBG, that's how it works. Like, you're only getting armor for your chest and your head. Okay. Granted, you're picking those up separate. Yeah. Whereas in Call of Duty, it's one item. Uh, And so maybe, like, have that. I think if you if they could introduce a mechanic where, like, say I do shred somebody's armor. And, like, they have these in the game where, like, you can pick up. There's, like, a challenge or something to pick up armor scraps. Uh-huh. And, like, I think if you get three and you win the game with a three, you unlock, like, a a character you can make your like person in the game as um but i think like you could expand upon that and like maybe make it to where like if i get five armor pieces let me mm-hmm. craft like a level one armor or level two armor because yeah like i got really lucky in that final circle where like i had no armor but i had some healing but like if that dude on top of the rafters hadn't gotten stuck and like actually realized mm-hmm. how to get down and he had a level three armor probably would have lost that gunfight even if i had the first shot on him because i had no armor and like i don't know it just that doesn't feel good like because blackout does feel like a fun mode like it feels pretty yeah. balanced like which is shocking because in call of duty there's usually something always broken there's always one gun mm-hmm. that's better than everything but in blackout i haven't ran into anything where i'm like well that's bullshit like yeah. that's, that's way too strong like they should probably nerf that i haven't run into that not even like vehicles like because, like, the helicopter, I don't know if the helicopter has guns, but, like, I, I don't even, like, want to risk getting into the helicopter after <laughs> I got shot at. After I got shot by a rock launcher in a boat, I'm not risking it. Like, yeah. not today. But, yeah, like, I think if they can just address that, um, it, I think Blackout would be a fairly perfect game mode. Like, it's it's a lot of fun. Uh, it's fast-paced, and, like, I also don't feel like, in, like, PUBG, I feel like games took forever. And this yeah. one, like, Granted, in most battle royales, uh, at least like when I noticed Fortnite is, everyone jumps out at the start, yeah. and then usually at least like forty of the people are dead yeah. within like a minute of the game. Um, I think in this one, like that still happens, but like at a lesser rate. Like maybe the first a minute, twenty people are gone. Yeah. So it's like okay, cool. I think people are smart, and like the map is huge, so like there is room to jump out, and like the storm doesn't feel like it's like. You don't feel like you're out of luck if you jump out at, let's say, this place called Asylum, but then the circle's on the other side of the map. Like, you don't feel like you're out of luck because, like, there's enough vehicles. Mm-hmm. But also, like, you have enough time to, like, loot and then get running. Okay. You can just make it there on foot. So, yeah, like, I think Blackout's a great mode. Uh, I just think there could be some tweaks to the armor system to make it a lot better. Um, I mean... That sounds like just the way stuff works, though. Like, the shields in Fortnite, you get shields, you get shot, you lose shields. Like, you don't get to pick up somebody else's shields. Seems like it's the same thing. Yeah, but, like, 
I agree with you there to a point, but like the also thing is like usually when you kill that person, they're carrying shields. Like not necessarily if they've drunken their shield potion, I mean, not, they don't. They don't. I wouldn't say that you, they have shields. Well, with the introduction, like when Fortnite introduced like the mini shields, you can carry up to yeah. ten. Like oh, most like, people have have a good supply of those. Okay. Uh, and then, like, you got, like, slurp juice and, like, the chug jugs. Like, so there's in always... Blackout, can you not carry extra armor? You can just get your own armor and that's all. Okay. Just, just so one armor So maybe if you could it. carry extra armor to be prepared. Yeah, so like, if they could do that, that'd be great. Yeah. Um, and then, like, maybe just work on the equipping menu for console. Because, like, I watch PC players and, mm-hmm. like, they're just, like, flinging their mouse all around, <laughs> unequipping, re-equipping. And I'm like, I, I, um... I want to put the sight on this gun. No, 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 not that one. Oh, shit. I'm going to be here for a minute now. <laughs> um, if they could work on that, that might be a little helpful. Like, maybe incorporate some touchpad stuff on PlayStation. Maybe, I know Xbox, most people have a Elite controller where it's got the paddles on the back. You can do something with that. Who, say, um, who says most people have the Elite controllers? Okay, some people have stop, the Elite controller. Stop fidgeting like, with whatever you're fidgeting with. I'm sorry, I fidget. Uh, this is why the camera's usually higher. Well, it's um, loud. I can hear it in the microphone. Oh, God, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's um, fine. I don't know. Like, just if they could rework that, that would also be a big plus, in my opinion. Okay. Um, but yeah, those are really my only two complaints. Like, I think it's a lot of fun. Um, I hopped back into zombies. Uh, there was another 10 year old yelling at me. I, just I don't quit. know why you keep your headphones on, man. Just mute those people and be like, nope, I'm done. But like, I like to hear the characters talk and like. No, like, well, I just like to like when I'm on PlayStation, I just go make my private party, and then I'm just no one can, I don't hear anyone. Yeah, hears me. I it's probably fine. just do that. Um, it's fine. But yeah. Yeah. Sam, you've been playing quite a few games, um, and we actually had to talk about this the other day. So why don't you run me through these real quick? All right, let's start with the best of the lot, which. Maybe isn't saying a lot, okay? Uh, so I played this game called Daylight, which, I don't know, it's one of those where, I, I, have a th- I have a thing where, like, if I see a cool horror game, or what looks to be a cool horror game on sale, I'll buy it, because I'm like, you know, when horror season rolls, rolls around, I'm going to want to have some games to play. So I think this is one that I bought some time ago. I don't know. It's called Daylight, and no, it's, I mean, that's a, it's a valid strategy. You want to be prepared for things. You don't want to pass up a sale, okay? Um so anyway, so Daylight, this is a game which I, I commented the other day that it reminds me of Grave Encounters, the movie that we just discussed, the horror movie. Uh, oh, yes. Because it's set in an asylum. There's creepy stuff happening. So in this one, you play as a woman named Sarah. It's a first person. And you just like wake up in this dark place and you don't know where you are, or what's going on. Uh, but there's a cell phone on the ground and you see pick that up and it's like your flashlight and then as you explore it also displays your map so you can see like where you've been um and some weird guy starts talking to you and is telling you about stuff and you need to go like explore and figure stuff out and you're like ah, whatever and so you're just like wandering around this dark creepy seems to be some type of hospital or asylum because there's like some gurneys around um and so basically you're just walking around and you'll find these little snippets of things, uh, little notes that you can read. And so like, there'll be like about the history of the hospital or what happened with this patient or different things that were going on. And so it's like building for like a pretty creepy story history of this place. And so you wander around for a while 
and you eventually get to this room that has like this glowing blue, um, like, uh, I don't know, like, uh, I don't know if it's a pentagram, but it's like something like that on the ground where it looks like some type of witchcraft or something has been going on. And there's also like kind of glowing lines that are like maze-like on the walls. And there are just some random objects that are floating in the air. And so the first time I came across a place like this, uh, I found like this teddy bear floating in the air and I picked it up. And it was like, oh, you're holding the sigil now. And I was like, okay, uh, I don't know what to do with the sigil. So then I just like walked around some more. And then eventually I came to another room that had a kind of that blue glowy writing, drawing stuff going on. And I put the sigil there and that was like, that was what you're supposed to do, I guess. And then like yeah. something else opened up on the map and then you continue and you go around and you keep doing that. Um, and there's like little puzzles for like how to get around. Like you have to climb some boxes and move some stuff. Um, there are glow sticks that you can pick up. And then apparently there's also flares, but I never found any flares. Um, and so after you've been doing this for a little while, you like, so like you hear creepy stuff. Like there was like this uh, chest of drawers over here and like the drawers start coming out and going in by themselves, you know, cause like a ghost is doing it or like yeah. you just hear weird things like door slamming and stuff. Um, so it's building like that creepy atmosphere. Uh, but then like there was like this ghost looking woman that appeared and I was like, Oh, that looks cool. That kind of has like the, um, like the eyes and the mouth have just like the blackness coming out of them, you know, that kind of style. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I was like, so I was like, that looks cool. So I walked over to her to get a better look. And like, I guess like you're really not supposed to do that. Cause like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like the edges of the screen start going dark and it's like, use your flares to scare away the witch or whatever. And so I got my glow stick out and that kind of helped. And then like, I guess you're supposed to run away from her. Uh, but like, that was about the point where I was like, well, I don't know, like, the point of this game, if, like, I'm not scared of the lady and, like, I just want to go, like, see this the cool-looking stuff. Um, and then, like, I looked online and it's, like, four chapters and, like, each one is, like, just kind of, like, you move into a different location, but you're kind of doing the same thing, just wandering around until you find the sigil and you can go put it in the thing. Um, and I was like, yeah, that's that's fine, but I'm kind of bored. I don't think I need to play this anymore. But I was thinking, like, as I first started playing it, I was like, this is a lot better than Grave Encounters because it's first person, you're controlling it. So, like, you feel more involved, more in charge of what's happening. So the scares are more meaningful. Um, but but it still didn't have enough to, to keep my interest. So. Uh, but I think you would like it because you like that kind of thing. Apparently. Yeah. I have to check this out. Seems yeah. like the right kind of thing. Yeah. Grave yeah. Encounters. Good movie. I think it would be good. Um, so there's one disappointment. So then um, a while back I'd been Googling trying to find like co-op horror games to play, which I was looking for us, but I didn't find anything good for us. But I found some free ones on Steam for the PC. And so I was talking to Jessica from Bitch Team Alpha. I'm like, hey, do you want to like download these free games and play with me? She's like, sure. She's a real good sport. So we downloaded two games. One is called Cry of Fear and one is called No More Room in Hell. And they are both, I believe, based like they're Half-Life mods. Like apparently that's the whole thing. Like people make lots yeah. of games out of that kind of thing. And I was like, oh, whatever, you know, fine. So we got online and we were going to try to play them together, but it did not work 
at all. Like one of us would like build a server and then like you, the other one would go search for servers and like no servers would appear. Um, so like these games are pretty old and I think like parts of them just don't work anymore. So we weren't able to do any of the co-op stuff. So we were like, meh, we're just, you know, we went and played Destiny instead. Uh, but later I went back by myself to just try these out, you know, cause I'm like, yeah, see, you know, at least give them the benefit of the doubt. So the first one I tried was No More Room in Hell. And this one is just like a zombie shooter. Um, and so you spawn in and like, like, I don't know if it's different levels or what, but mine, I was just like in a convenience store or like small grocery store and I was loading up on stuff. Like there was a gun and like a, like a lead pipe I could get for my melee weapon and stuff. And so you stock up and then like the wave starts and there's like 20 enemies and you have to go, uh, shoot all the zombies that you find. And, you know, it's okay. I mean, it was, it's. It's not the greatest shooting, but it wasn't the worst either. Um, and so, like, I died a few times, and then I was like, all right, I got this now. I figured it out. And so, like, I, I found a good gun that was, like, a like a one-shot headshot. So I like that one because the other – just the little pistol I had, you had to, like, give them two headshots before they went down. Um, but, yeah, so I was playing it, and I got to the second wave, and it was just like, yeah, now there's 40 zombies that you have to go kill. So I was like, all right, let me go kill some zombies. But then, like, this message popped up, and it was like, all the survivors are dead. You lose or something. And I was like, wait, what? So I think somewhere on the map there were some survivors I was supposed to go find and help or something. Yeah. But I didn't do it. And I was like, well, that's enough of that game. That was fun. Let's, you know, move on. Uh, so then I tried Cry of Fear. And this one seems really interesting because it's more, it's, it wasn't, didn't seem to be a shooter. It was more like a, just like one of those walking around, figuring things out. And it has this pretty decently long cinematic at the beginning. Um, and like some weird quote that I don't remember that was real. Oh, this game, it was like, it had a warning at the front that was like, be careful. Like this can cause like suicidal thoughts and da 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 da. And we're like, whoa, whatever. Um, but like it starts off with this guy and he sees this other guy on the sidewalk who's like injured and is like, help me. And so he goes to help the guy and then this car comes and just like smashes into him. And then there's like a cut, like a fade to black. And then there's like, it does the thing where it like flashes weird images for a little bit. And then you wake up and you're just in this room and like it's all kind of uh, blurry at first. Um, and then you realize you've got a camera in your hand. And so you like take a picture and like it clears a little bit. And then you take another picture until it like clears. And so then what you do is you like walk over, like you see this like X on the door. And so you take a picture of it and the door opens and then you walk through and it's just like total blackness, but there will be these white X's. And so you point the camera and take a picture at the X and sometimes there's nothing there. Sometimes it'll reveal a dead body and it'll just flash for a second and then it'll disappear again. Huh. And then sometimes it'll reveal the doorway to lead you to the next room. And so you're just going through here. And it was a really cool concept. Like I started playing. I was like, this is neat. I'm like, hold on a second. I need to go turn the lights off in the room so it'll be more scary. So I was like, yeah, this is really cool. Uh, so I'm going for like three minutes maybe and then I get to this part where I take the picture and it was like a window and the window breaks um and then I can see the x through the window and like I click it and there's like a door through the window but like there's no way for me to get through the window like I'm pushing all the buttons and like trying to climb through and I'm like I don't know how to get through the window and I'm like looking all around the room and there's like nothing else there. And I go back in the other room and there's like no other X's. And I'm like, somehow I'm supposed to get through this window, but I don't know how. And so like I Googled 
walkthrough and it's like yeah just like click shoot pictures of all the x's until you get out of that room and then you can get to the real game and i'm like what the fuck man like i don't i don't know and i was like maybe it's some weird glitch so i was like i was really into this so i was like all right i'm just gonna restart the game and sit through this really long cutscene until i can get through and like try to do it again the exact same thing happened like i couldn't get through this window and i couldn't figure it out and i got really mad and then i stopped um so yeah that was those three really disappointing horror games for me this week. So, and so we had a discussion, and I was like, Sam, do you know how you don't get disappointed by bad games? You don't, don't download bad games. Yeah. I didn't know it was bad at the time. No, I should have known. If it's a free game, it's prop. That's not true. Fortnite is a free game, and it's very good. Um, there's, there's, there's free games. I, but no, I should have known better. Let's Google some reviews real quick, maybe. I guess I could do that. But I mean, the yeah. reviews were probably from like years ago when it first came out, and it was, probably was good back then. Um, I mean, yeah, I don't even want to tell you about yeah. this other game I got called Unknown City that was two dollars on sale, and it was a zombie shooter, and it was the worst thing I've ever played. It was so horrible. Um, so maybe I've learned my lesson. Maybe. I don't know. Probably not. Probably not. Honestly, probably, probably not. not. You're still probably going to buy games that are on sale. Hey, I think Slain Back from Hell was on sale, and I mean, it was a good game. It wasn't my kind of game, but still, I don't think that was a mistake. So, no. you win some, you lose some. Yeah, I guess What are you so. going to do? So. Win more. Ideally, win more, but, I mean, it's RNG. I can't help it, Cody. Oh, good point, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's do a quick Destiny download real quick. Um... So big news for me, you guys can start referring to me as Dredgen Cody because I earned the title from Gambit this week. Should you maybe so explain yeah, I, what a title is for people who might not know? Yeah. Because I wouldn't uh, know. So in Forsaken, they added uh, the Triumph page. And at the bottom of the Triumph page is these things called seals. Um, and there's different Triumphs in the seal page that you have to do. And if you do all of them, you will unlock a title. Uh, so I kind of looked through when they first came out, and I was like, oh, the Crucible one sounds cool. So I clicked on the Crucible one, because it's unbroken. It's the Crucible one. And I was looking through it, and it was like, reset your glory rank three times across three seasons. And I went, I hate competitive. Mm -hmm. No, thank you. Yeah. Clicked off that one. So then I was like, oh, this one sounds cool. I'm not sure how hard that'll be. And then I click on the Gambit one, and it says Dredgen. I remember Dredgen from Destiny 1 uh, because there's a character named Dredgen Yor and he's like an evil guardian. And I was like, Ooh. that sounds cool. Uh, and I was looking through it and I was like, I can do this stuff. Like, I'll figure out those secret ones are. I'm going to do this. <laughs> so I started going for it and like I complained a lot about it along the way. Uh, <laughs> but overall, I think my experience was like really good. Like, I got the three resets I needed. Um, the first reset was mainly solo. The second one I did LFG, looking for uh, look for a group of teammates to do it with. And then my third one I mainly did solo. Um, and then everything else, like it's just really about like okay, like this game I'm gonna look for high value targets. Oh, I need to win a game against each different enemy race. I can do that. It's not that hard. It'll happen eventually. I will say, good lord, there's some people that go into Gambit and they just don't know. Like, they don't know what's going on. Like, at all. 
they, they, could have, uh, like, they could have little quests or separate things that they're working on, and that is their primary objective, FYI. They might yeah. have, you know. Um, so in Gambit, there's different ranks, and when you hit the Legend rank, you have to get 3,000 points. And up until then, even if you lose, you'll get some, some points. I'm sorry, um, I'm sorry. The cat has gone in the closet with the computer, and I'm very concerned. I just want her out of there. Okay. I'm just... Same as lost her cat. Please stay out of there. She's now harassing the cat. Don't go in there. Get it. You're gonna get kicked out. Of Maybe the you should close the door. Oh, stop yelling at the cat. What's that wolf? Why is she waddling? Yeah, close the door. Don't yell at the cat for no reason. Sorry about that. I can right. just see you're jumping on the computer and like canceling the whole recording or something. Ah, uh, yeah, that would have been bad. Um. So yeah, uh, where was it? Oh, so when you hit legendary, um, you have to get three thousand points. But up until then, even if you lost a game, you got about like fifty points. Uh, and once you hit legend, that doesn't happen anymore. You can only get it by wins. Okay. Um, and so I was working on my last reset, and I noticed when they did the triple valor, I would sometimes get double infamy. Which is the uh, the ranking in Gambit? And I was like, oh, I wonder if this is a bug, because like you usually get a hundred points for a win, and I noticed I was getting like two hundred, so I was like, I'm gonna go for it. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm doing it this weekend. Um, that last five hundred points before I could reset was some of the most like mind numbing and hateful comments I've probably ever said to myself. Because <laughs> so I was like, I'm you're stupid for doing this, Cody. Like, why are you doing this? Um Well, let me point out that guy... you, you pushed yourself to do this, but you had until oh, probably yeah, December to... where you could have completed this. You didn't have to force yourself to do this right now. You're just a madman. Yeah. On the thirtieth, so tomorrow after this comes out, they're releasing an update that's gonna make it where the meatball boss spawns more often. And the meatball boss drops a quest that gets you an exotic gun. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the triumphs. And like I was like, I'm doing that before they update it and make this easier. Like I want to do this when it's hard. And that's what she that's said. What she said, God damn you, I reached it to it. Um, <laughs> but so in my last like 10 games to get the last reset, I had a guy who would only get 10 or 15 moats. Not not in between. Wouldn't stop at 11 and go bank. It wouldn't even bank. He would get 10 to 15 and then go invade. <gasps> and die instantly each time. Oh, no. So it was. And That's then, horrible. like, I had a game where a guy, we only needed one moat. And this dude had four. And I was like, oh, we're good. He's running at the bank. I'm like, we're good. We're going to get the Primeval Summon. We're going to win this. He stops in front of the bank. Cuts a sharp right, jumps through the portal. No. <laughs> and like, I was like, oh my God. So I have to book it across the map, kill something to get one moat to come turn in. <laughs> and then I finally did it at like one in the morning. I got it. Went and bought the ghost, got my title, turned it on, walked into the center of the tower, and people flocked to me as if I was the second coming of Christ. They stood around me and they danced on me. Like, apparently seeing someone in the tower with the title is pretty rare. And I was yeah. like, all is right in the world. 
<laughs> I have not stepped foot in Gambit since. Just fuck that. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Gambit's a lot of fun. I am a little angry because I found out next week uh, they're doing double infamy. Yeah. And then a triple infamy weekend. So, um, good luck to all you people going for the for the Gambit title. Um, I'm done with it, though. Uh, yeah. I'm excited for uh, early next year they're going to have the Joker's Wild uh dlc and it's supposed to bring updates to gambit so i'm excited to see what they do with that uh like i said the drifter is like one of my favorite characters he's hilarious um he has some dialogue with you when you get the title um like he's who calls you dredgen first he's like oh we're gonna call you dredgen and i'm like fuck yeah like thank you hell yeah (laughs) um and then one minor complaint is so part of the bungee reward for getting any of these titles is you get like this really nice like medallion pin it's in a nice case uh it's twenty dollars i was like i'm fine with that like i'll pay twenty dollars uh they went nine dollars shipping for just one pin and i was like no i'm not doing that Mm -mm, not today so i'm gonna wait until i get my other title that i'm working on uh and get two for nine dollars so are you sure that if you get two, the shipping stays nine dollars? What if you get two and put it in your cart and it says shipping eighteen dollars? Then me and Bungie are gonna have a sit down conversation about how they're doing shipping because these are just metal fucking pins. Like, come on. <laughs> like, no. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. No, it is. <laughs> yeah. But uh, overall, happy I got my title. I'm working on some other things. There's another title I'm working for, and then there's a gun related to Crucible that I'm working on. I have until December, as you said, so I'm not sweating it. Um, I was thinking about it. I was like, I think I should give you my login and just like have you play under my account sometimes. And then you can get me those fragmented souls, no problem. I think it'd be great. I think it's a really good plan. Um, I mean, the only issue with that, and this is a sneak peek for next week, is Red Dead's about to come out. Mm. And so if I'm not, a lot of my time is going to go to that. Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. Yeah, whatever. It's fine. Um, in my little Destiny download, I didn't think I had anything, but I just remembered, um, the other night, Jessica and I were playing and we were testing out her computer for streaming for Extra Life. So we were just like, we were just like, go down mm-hmm. to a planet where there's some activity and we'll just, you know, make sure it was okay. So we're doing that. We're like testing the stream while Escalation Protocol is going on. Uh, and so then we get done and it's like a, at level three of Escalation Protocol. So we're like, all right, let's just hang out here and do this. And we completed Escalation Protocol. And that's my first time to ever do that. And we got to the end and there's that chest. And it's like, hey, you don't have your key to unlock this chest. And I was like, son of a bitch. And I was like, I remember now talking to Cody about this. And he was like, yeah, you got to make sure you have your key before you do Escalation Protocol. And I was like, what about these poor bastards that don't know that? And then they get to the end of Escalation (laughs) Protocol and they're like, why don't I get this chest? And I was like, oh, it's all coming back to me now. And I was so mad. And I was just like, man, that sucks. So. Did you, did either of y'all get one of the cool weapons from the final boss? I don't, I don't recall. Uh, I oh, guess not. There's a shotgun you get from that. It's really good. So if you. What's it called? The Icolos, uh SG. And there's some numbers after it. There's also a sniper rifle and a submachine gun, and they're all really good. So I feel like I probably got the submachine gun because I hate submachine guns. So <laughs> I don't know, but I don't recall. So it must not have been that memorable. <laughs> but, but yeah, that's all I got for Destiny. So all right, yeah. So that's what we've been playing and stuff. 
But now, we're moving on to the entree of our podcast. Wait, 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 wait. Do we have something planned for dessert? Because now I'm hungry. That's the after credit scene that oh, okay. you have to watch the video okay, for. Cool, 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 cool. Um, so yeah, I've been kind of planning this out for a while now. I've been doing a lot of research into horror video games. Um, just because, like, I'm very fascinated by horror video games because... Like the kind of rise of them as of late, like I feel like as a gamer, I was not paying attention to horror games, maybe, but I just feel like with Dead by Daylight, Friday the 13th, Until Dawn, Resident Evil 7, like we're now seeing this kind of rise. And horror video games are actually like not this niche thing for like certain people, like a lot of people want to play them. like. Resident Evil 2 is getting a remake. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's all these cool horror games coming out, like Call of Cthulhu comes out next week. Um, it looks really good. And so, like, I just was like, well, I want to research horror video games. Like, I want to know cool stuff about them. Um, and so, I kind of composed this brief history of horror video games. And then we're kind of going to talk about, like, different types. And then we got some off brand topics for it. Uh, so, yeah. In the 1970s, uh, the when I was doing research, this is what a lot of people agreed on as the first horror video game. Uh, and so it's this game called Killer Shark, and it was an arcade cabinet that released in 1970, uh, or the 1970s. I don't know the exact year. Um, and it pretty much had you shooting a light gun at a giant shark. Now, this is pretty infamous because this actually made an appearance in Jaws the movie. Like, so that's pretty cool that like an arcade cabinet got featured because yeah. it's a shark. Um, but then like not long after this happened, I, like everyone I kind of was researching said the actually the first real horror game came out in the eighties and it was called Haunted House. And like everyone's like, oh, this is also the first survival horror game. And I was like, okay. And this is kind of where later on we'll talk about it. Uh I started to see some issues with like what we're considering genres in horror, but we'll talk about that later. Um, now, Sam, we both watched a video of Haunted House. And what were your thoughts on that video game? I felt so bad for people who these were the only video games they had back then. Because yeah. I was like, oh my god, this looks like... I don't even understand what the point of this game is. Like, you can't tell it's a house. It's just like, yeah. there. it's... okay. This is clearly 8-bit graphics. Thank you to Byron. He gave me a little bit of a lesson here on the bits. So I I know a thing or two, just one or two. But so this, it has just like, you know, like kind of like walls on the side. And so like there's two kind of sides to the room and you can go back and forth and you can go up and down to go into different rooms. And sometimes you're just eyeballs. And then sometimes you're eyeballs with like a little ball around you. And you're just going back and forth to different rooms and there's like maybe some other stuff that like pops around, but it's not clear at all what the point of this game is to me. Did you, were you able to understand what was happening in this game? No, I had to watch like multiple videos and I found a guy who actually was like reviewing it and explaining what you had to do. And even then I was like, I don't know how you would like put that together. Like if I was a kid trying to play this, I I would have been so lost. Back in the day, you know, video games came with a little instruction book and it would tell you what was happening and what to do. So good for them. They needed that because you're not figuring that shit out <laughs> just playing it. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, so this is kind of what, like, people think of as the first true horror video game. It was um, it was horror because it was, like, just, it was such, like, it would kill you just to <laughs> play it. Um, so through my research, I kind of figured that, like, all right, I know eventually we're going to hit a period where, like, every movie and TV show and all that needs to be a video game. Uh, and so also in the 80s, like, I noticed there's a lot of cash grabs. Mm-hmm. Like, John Carpenter's Halloween had a video game. And Ghostbusters had a video game. Um, John Carpenter's Halloween looked and like I understand like it's dated and like compared to what we have now, but it looked very fucking weird. Um, also, but the soundtrack was like a weird like off tune version of the John Carpenter theme. Like it was like it was just a little out of touch, and I was like, huh. That's weird. Okay, but let's just clarify. It it was still definitely a major step up from Haunted House. Uh, oh, yeah. It yeah. was, you know, like, you could at least see, like, there were these little kids running around. You were supposed to collect the child and, like, take it to safety. I, it, was, it wasn't it was clear how, like, you collected this child. It was fine. You're running from Michael at the same time. But it was, it was a lot yeah. better. It was not anywhere near something I would call good, but uh, it was better. <laughs> and so, like, something really cool that I found out while doing this, because, like, in my head, I was like, all right, there's the NES Friday 13th game, and then there's Friday 13th, the game out on consoles right now. There's no other Friday 13th games. No, that's not true at all. The Commodore 64 actually had a game called Friday 13th, the computer game. Mm-hmm. And apparently this one actually was more in line with the movies than the NES one. Because the NES one was like kind of hokey because it was different colored. Like Jason is like mm-hmm. purple mm-hmm. in that. Um, and this one actually like featured uh the game the gameplay was apparently you had to try to keep people calm and if you didn't it would like fade to black and then it would come back and there'd be a severed head with a machete through it oh shit and i was i was like oh that's pretty fucking hardcore like hell yeah um but yeah i was like i was shocked to hear that there was another friday 13th game that i had never heard about up until i was doing doing research and like I thought that was really cool. Yeah, yeah. It's it seemed like here we go another I'd say major step up um, because this one like all these are, are the eight bit graphics. Okay, guys. Uh, but this one and again like you're going from room to room and then you go out in the woods and you do stuff and you're walking around and like they're different characters and I think it like had a little picture of each of the characters down at the bottom like for reference maybe. But the video That's I was exciting. watching like I don't think this person could tell like who was Jason and who wasn't because like every person they came to they would like smack at him with their weapon and see if it was jason and like one time they killed jason and i was like i don't know how you could tell that was jason so um i don't know but i feel like this game kind of the graphics weren't quite there but it it seemed like a little reminiscent of like the early zelda games as far as like you know going around moving around that that way it seemed it seemed similar to that so it seemed like a, a major step up for people so good for the people who got to play that one um i mean they just kept getting better Fun story. So I was looking for the original Halloween video game, and apparently the first thing I found was not the original Halloween video game, but it looked really cool. And I couldn't figure out what this was from, when it was from, but I can tell you, based on my new knowledge, that it seemed like it was definitely 64-bit graphics, okay? And... Time out. 
No what? I feel like you are taking this history lesson or this bit lesson that Byron gave you and you're just going to like become a wizard and calling out bits. I th- I'm going to try. I want to. I mean, I, okay. I like improving. So, um, but this Halloween game was really cool because you play this girl, Sarah, who goes to babysit this kid, Billy. And so there'll be little scenes and then you'll have like options. So like the parents will say something to you before they leave. And like you can be like, uh, can I get the phone number where you'll be? Or you can say, can I get paid now? And so like you have options that you can pick and then like you have to run around and like find stuff like there will be a locked door and you have to go find the key before you can get in there and that part seemed really boring and i was like i don't want to wander through this house do this little billy is quite a little punk um but eventually michael myers shows up and oh before that like you had called uh this guy that you like oh wait okay so you called the guy you like to come over and hang out and then also you were calling your best friend jill and so at one point jill picks up and you're like hey this is sarah and she's like Michelle Geller? And I'm like, what? <laughs> it was really funny. And like, she's like, yeah, call your boyfriend, you slut. And I'm like, whoa, what's this game doing? What um, the hell? I know, but it's really funny. So uh, Michael shows up. Uh, the boyfriend gets like um, impaled against a fence. So he's dead. And then you have to go back in the house, unlock some more stuff, find the revolver. And then you have to like kill kill in air quotes michael and then go get billy and drive to safety uh and then at the end of the game like you're talking to the cop and he's like okay well i don't want to alarm you but like when my guys got there the body was gone so it's like clearly a setup for the next game but it was like a really interesting game and i thought like good i thought that was the first halloween i was like yeah that was a really cool game but no there was an earlier one so (laughs) all right so like when we move into the nineties, I we kind of get like I would say probably the two biggest franchises in horror video games, and that's Resident Evil and Silent Hill. Um and like I don't know what Resident Evil's doing, but like they were popping the games out left and right. Because like within the entire span of the nineties we got three games. Uh and I'm sure that I think there was a spin-off as well. That's what I was reading. Um The Evil Within. But yeah, like, I mean I think Resident Evil. Well, okay, but I think someone who worked on Resident Evil also worked on Evil Within, and it's similar, so I didn't know if yeah. that's where you were going with the spinoff, or if you were talking about something else. Oh, no, no, no. Like, because isn't there, like, Resident Evil, like, Code Veronica yeah. and yeah. Zero? Okay. Yeah, okay. Um, and then as we move into the 2000s, we get big franchises uh, in Dead Rising and Dead Space, um, which I would say are... That's, that Dead Rising is still around uh but dead space it's been a while but yeah. um i think those games kind of like changed the game when they came out uh because for a while their horror shooters were kind of you know getting lackluster i'd say mm-hmm. um and then we have your favorite game sam resident evil 4 has come out and then silent hill also had silent hill 2 come out so like we're still seeing franchises stick around even though we're moving into a new generation um and then like as we kind of moved into like recent times like i would say some of the biggest games that have come out would be outlast um until dawn is was wildly successful uh i think evil within 2 was really good and evil within 1 like they both kind of because uh like you were saying a second ago like 
uh, I want to say one of the original guys who worked on Resident Evil mm-hmm. left and it was making those. And I think those are pretty wildly liked. Like, Yeah, well, and, and like I always said, like when I played Evil Within the first one, I felt like that was the actual like spiritual successor to Resident Evil 4 because it just felt so much like it. And I'd be on levels and I'd be like, I could see this being a world in Resident Evil games. Like it was just like it, it felt so right for it. So, yeah. Also, like, I think something really good to see is like Resident Evil has stuck around for over two two decades now, and like Resident Evil Seven was really like amazing, and they're about to make two remake two, so like Resident Evil doing really good, yeah. Um, and then rebooted Doom, uh, doing really well because they're about to make Doom two, and so like, and I feel like a lot of people wouldn't consider Doom a horror game, but I think it counts. Well, we'll talk about we'll, that. We'll talk about that. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Uh. So yeah. Like that's just kind of like a brief. Like I I was doing some research and I was like, oh, like let's let's go through the history of video yeah. games, horror video games, and see how they released and stuff. Um. And then I was like, well, there's a bunch of different types, and like let's let's talk about those before like maybe we discuss like what our favorite ones are. Um. So like the different types I have. Asymmetrical horror games, which is a very like the biggest examples of these as of late would be Dead by Daylight and Friday Thirteenth, where it's almost a competitive uh, horror game where you have usually someone's playing a killer, uh, and then there are people playing as either like survivors or counselors in the case of Friday Thirteenth, um, and like the entire vibe is to either the killer kill the counselor survivors or if you're survivors survive. Um, and I think it adds like a nice level of competitiveness like to it because like in most horror games it's just like you by yourself. This is you versus other mm-hmm. players, and so it adds a new element to horror video games. Um, Quick question: This just occurred to me. Do you think they would ever make a game where it was one hero versus a bunch of killers, and like everybody's like has these weird evil weapons and stuff, and like your hero would have some special abilities, I'm sure, to be able to make it competitive, but like they're the good guy and they have to kill all the bad guys, like where other people are playing the bad guys. Yeah. Or yeah. Oh, okay, okay. I was like, I was like, do you just mean any other video game? Because like, <laughs> um, I'm trying to think if there's a game like that. Because, like, if you could take all of the bad guys' options from Dead by Daylight and put them in, like, one match against, like, a real powerful hero, like, I think that'd be really cool. Like, do, like, Ash from Ash's Evil, or the Evil Dead yeah. series versus, like... Oh, that'd be cool. That'd be kind of cool. That'd be really that would cool. Be. Um, I like it. Not sure how, like, how well it would go, but we could, yeah. we could find out. <laughs> um, so then we have Survival Horror, which is... Uh, the main type, the main point of these games is like it forces you to survive, like in Outlast, how you have to survive like these wild, insane asylum people that are running around. Um, in Resident Evil, you have to stay away from the zombies that are coming at you, and you have um, limited resources, and sometimes no resources. Sometimes running is the only option. Yeah, um, we have Horror Adventure, where the only real game I could come up with for this one is Until Dawn. Uh, because it's kind of like a choose your own adventure narrative story um, where like your actions decide a character's fate. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't really think off the top of my head any other games that would fit into this genre. 
I mean, I think Until Dawn did a great job with this. Yeah. And then we have horde shooters. Uh, so like Doom and Dead Space, how like you are playing a shooter in a like very scary uh, place like Doom, you're on Mars, and there's all these demons. Mm -hmm. Dead Space, you're usually in like an abandoned ship, if I'm correct, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And like there's these monsters running around. And so like that's what a horror shooter is. And so like while I was doing this research, like one of the big things that came up for me is like I think there's an issue with genres of horror games. Um, because I feel like a lot of them get lumped into survival horror. Like Resident Evil and Outlast technically are both survival horror, but if like you look at those games, the gameplay is so wildly different mm -hmm. because like in Resident Evil you fight back. Meanwhile you have Outlast where it's you're just running. Like mm -hmm. doing parkour pretty much. You can um, hide also. You can hide as well. <laughs> uh and so I feel like if we look at like horror and like movies, like there are so many genres of horror movies. Mm -hmm. Um so why do we not do the same thing with video games? And like I guess like a simple answer that I think would just be like, well, we don't want to overcomplicate things. Yeah. Because like, I guess for certain people, like they would look into it, but like the general marketplace, you're just buying a scary game because it's scary. You don't really care what it's called. Like, I don't know. Like, I think there could be some differentiation between that. Like Resident Evil was obviously very different than Outlast. Yeah, and like I, I feel like Resident Evil. I mean, it it is a shooter. Um, yeah. But I mean, for a significant part of the game, especially Resident Evil Seven, like you're not doing any shooting. You don't have any yeah. weapons yet, so it's like, it's, it's maybe it could be a survival shooter. That's that's a lot. That's you start getting into a lot of words. A survival horror shooter. Um, so that's that explains. Yeah, it. but I feel like that would be. That'd be more accurate for Resident Evil, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I just don't like. I feel like yeah, most of the research I was doing, like it was just everything was considered a survival horror game, and I was just like, why did why are we just lumping everything into one category? Like, I feel mm -hmm. like we could, you know, it, it just felt lazy at some points. Yeah. Like, because like technically, if you think one thing about it, like asymmetrical horror games, are technically a survival horror game yeah. because the people who are surviving are trying to survive. Um. Dead Space could be considered a survival horror game, I guess, because you're running on limited resources and things like that. Yeah. Um, really? But, I don't know. It's, it's something that was bugging me while I was doing the research. I was like, I don't... Why is everything a survival horror game? What, what's that about? I think we forgot a genre that is horror puzzles. Um, like oh, the, yeah. Because yeah. like we've got... We just had Friday the 13th Killer Puzzles come out this year, and that one's a fun one. Right. But then also I would say stuff like Limbo and Inside... Um, I mean, I guess yeah. they're kind of horror platformer puzzles, um, but like they, right. I think those qualify. Yeah. Yeah. So many horror. Um, and then like something I saw like widely disputed was like what qualifies as a horror game. And like, I think we've had a discussion about this where like uh, Hellblade for us, mm -hmm. I think qualifies as a horror game because like, yes, it's mainly about the psychological like what the game is doing to you, but like there are more elements. There's an entire level of that game that is terrifying. Like there are multiple things that happen in the game that are terrifying. So yeah. like what, is there any games that like some people wouldn't consider a horror game, but you do consider a horror game? 
I'd say so. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna say something real wild. He'll just like, I've been playing Strange Brigade, and like, I feel like technically that can be a horror game. Now, it's a yeah. action shooter, and it's it's fucking hilarious. Uh, the narrator is fun. They're making jokes all the time. It's a lot of fun. But you're fighting these zombies and these monsters, and like, there'll be jump scares to, to spook you, like you're going yeah. into tombs and stuff. And then like, if you're fighting some enemies over here, like it gives you this warning. And so there'll be like these dark hands that start clawing at the edge of the screen, like to the side to let you know that there's someone about to yeah. come at you from this side. So, I mean, it has horror elements. And I think if it has the elements, like it can count, like not everything has to be like super scary and terrifying to, to be a horror yeah. game. Cause I mean, people like different levels of horror. Like you might like your your fun zombie shooter game um, instead of like something that's like truly terrifying. Um, so that's like one example for me. Also, like I've said before, like I feel like those Tomb Raider games could just like totally be horror games um, because like you go through these tombs, you're like in rivers of blood. There's like dead bodies everywhere. Um, the most shadow of the Tomb Raider is there was like this fight with a jaguar where it's stalking you and that's like really scary. Um, so like anything can like, can throw in some, some horror elements there and just kind of take you by surprise with it. Um, I don't know. What are, what are some that you think of Cody? I think like one that kind of comes to mind is like, there were some elements in like those, uh, I think God of War three, where you had to go into hell or the underworld um and like not only are you kind of walking through and like fighting off like demons you're also like there are not jump scares but like creepy voices hitting you mm. uh because like you're in the uh world of the souls and all that uh and then the final boss with hades and god of war 3 like is very scary because like it's all dark and grim in some parts and then like lit up by fire because he's got like fire yeah. all over him um so yeah i would say like god of war 3 is one that comes to mind where i feel like that'd be a horror game as well um i want to say halo 2 um because when the introduction of the flood happens in that game it's very terrifying because it's always dark and creepy when the flood show up and the flood are like these uh parasitic monsters and like they'll infect like soldiers or the aliens or all that and like it's usually really dark when they show up like you have to have like the light on your submachine going on or something like that and like when like say they infect a soldier they'll like get all bloated and huge and if you shoot it and pop it all these tiny little parasites come running Mm. at you and they're like little spiders yeah um and like i definitely remember uh, like being younger and being afraid of those levels like i did not enjoy playing them because like how creepy they were, uh, so yeah, like Halo, the Halo Two, um, stuff of the flood, definitely like horror esque. Well, and I'd say anything where it like puts you in a dark space and you have to use like a small yeah. light, I think that immediately puts you in a horror vibe right there. Oh yeah, so, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, um, so same like, what is your favorite type of horror game? Um, I like those horror shooters because, you know, I love my action. Like, I would love, I really want to like just like the straight up survival, like the outlasts, because those do such a good job of, of really 
getting you in the environment and feeling scared and just like waiting for something bad to happen. Um, but like, you know, I get bored easily sometimes. So like sometimes it's not worth it to, to slog through all of that just to get some scares. Um, so if I can be shooting things while also having that, then like that's like the perfect balance for me. So like like a Dead Space or like a Resident Evil Seven, um, definitely like those. But what are what are your kind of favorite horror? Uh, I think it's pretty um, well known about me that I really love <laughs> Friday Thirteenth the game. Um, so like asymmetrical horror games, like I love Friday Thirteenth and Dead by Daylight. It's a lot of fun as well. Um, I think these are kind of like revolutionary. Um, because like the aspect of playing against another player and not against another like AI is a lot of fun to me because it adds a challenge. Like I don't know if the Jason I play in this game is going to be just like the Jason I play in the next game. Um, and like that adds a different level to it. Uh, and Dead by Daylight, like I think with Dead by Daylight, you can either play as a killer or you can play as a survivor, and you actually have to pick that. Where in Friday 13th, it's pretty random. Like, you can select, like, I prefer to play as Jason. You're, like, not 100% going to get Jason. Yeah. Um, and so, like, going going into each of those game modes, like, you have a different mindset. Like, all right, going as a killer, like, maybe I should, you know, have some perks that do this. And if you're going as a survivor, it's like, all right, well, do I want to be a team player? Do I want to, like, focus on myself and, like, you know... And if I'm focusing on myself, I should run, like, self-care so I can heal myself because no one else is going to heal me. Um, stuff like that. Uh, and, like, they're just a blast because, like, you can go in there and be, like, a solo player and, like, kind of focus on what you're doing. But, like, it may, it forces cooperation at some point because, like, you can't do everything by yourself. You kind of can, but, like... You can't fix that entire car by yourself unless someone is over there getting chased by Jason. You can't fix all those generators unless someone's kiting Leatherface through a building. Um, But then, like, also, like, I can't talk enough about, like, Until Dawn is, like, the perfect horror game for me. Like, Mm -hmm. the fact that, like, you're kind of going through this almost video game movie and, like, you're making the choices and, like, it's it's just stunning and it's amazing like playing it i was like i've never played anything like this i've never even like heard of anything like this and like it was a lot of fun like uh just to sit there and like really think about your decisions like most of the time you had to do it quickly but like there are some you can kind of sit there and like you know take your time with a little bit um and like I'm excited for the next one with Man of Medan because I feel like it's going to be equally as good. Uh, and new locations going to be a lot of fun. Um, and like, I, I kind of hope we see more of those. Uh, and like, I would say like, Telltale games could, could be considered horror adventure games um, yeah. because there was like The Walking Dead. Like, you're mm-hmm. making your own choices. Yeah. Like that. Uh, but like with like Telltale closing down recently, like, I hope another studio steps up and like looks into making these games because like i think until dawn is a very it did well and like i would like to see more games like it well and also like until dawn was was, like very cinematic and like the graphics were like fantastic to make it really look and feel like a movie more than 
um, the kind of flatter graphic style that yeah. some of the Telltale stuff has. Uh, yeah, just kind of, you know, hope that other people start making more horror adventure games because those are also really a genre I like. Um, well, I mean, some horror shooters. Like, well, yeah. I haven't got that far in Doom. Like, I like shooters in general, so yeah. horror shooter, I'm in for. Um, but yeah. Okay, real quick. I just thought of something. So if if you could, like, try to imagine what, like, a new type of horror game might be, can you come up with something? And while you're thinking about it, let me tell you what, what just popped into my head. Because um, I was like, what if there was, like, it's not well-formed out thought, okay? But what if there was some kind of game where it was, like, a kind of haunted house type thing and it was the asymmetrical again. So there's one person who is like navigating through the house and trying to find their way out. And the other people aren't necessarily trying to harm that person, but they have the ability to like set up little jump scares or little things or like they'll be uh-huh. able to like if the person comes by them, they'll be able to like shout into the microphone and scare them or like have okay. different things like pop up and scare okay. them or like they'll be able to like lift a vase by itself or something and make it look like a ghost and just have different different haunting abilities that they could do to like make it a scary journey through the through the house. I think that could be interesting, but I don't really know how it would work because ideally like you'd have some time beforehand to like plan and set stuff up. But yeah. then that'd be really boring for the person who's going to be doing it because they just have to sit there and wait for it. Um, so I don't know. But I think it could be fun. I think instead of just being one person in the house, like a similar thing would be like, maybe have like, it'd be like a 4v4. Okay. Where like there's four people and like the idea is like to keep people in the house. Yeah. Uh, and like they would be able to like, like, uh, like there's just so a there's time like, limit. Yeah, there's a time limit, but also, like, say there's keys in the oh, building yeah. that people have to find. And yeah. the four people who are, like, trying to scare people is, can also, like, knock stuff over, like, you know, to cover up the keys. So it's kind of like a... Yeah. It'd be kind of cool. It'd be interesting. Yeah. Uh, I can't really think of a new type of horror. Yeah. Like, uh, I guess I would maybe just more, like, core adventure games where, like, like Hellblade, but, like, maybe crank it up a couple more notches. Us all scary all the time. Uh, I mean, let's let's go crazy here. Let's do a horror fighting game where it's just all the different monsters and like slashers. Like, <laughs> let's get some Dracula versus Freddy Krueger in there. Well, I was just you thinking, know. make an underworld game, and so it's werewolves versus vampires, and it's like a multiplayer. Uh, not a shooter, but a combat game of some sort. Yeah, that could be cool. It's like, like it. there was that Mortal Kombat game. I think it was Mortal Kombat ten or whatever. Uh, that like Jason Leatherface, like the DC characters. Like they've been in fights. You're kind of breaking up on me, Cody, a little bit there. So yeah, Mortal Kombat X. I want to say had uh, Jason Leatherface, Alien, and Predator. So like. There is like precedence there for a horror fighting game, and like yeah. it'd be kind of cool, like just because you're never gonna see like Michael Myers versus Chucky in like a movie. So like, <laughs> fuck it, let's just have it happen in a fighting game. That's um, awesome. It's something crazy. Um, I don't think it would sell very well, but I'd buy it. 
uh, you would buy a Killer Clowns from Outer Space video game if they made one of those. Yes, I would. Um, Sci-Fi is remaking oh. that movie, and I'm like worried because like the first one is just like the, the original is just really like bizarre and something. Yeah. So I'm worried about that. Yeah, that's uh, not necessary, um, but that's fine. Yeah. Um, so thank you guys for listening to our talk about horror. Um, I hope you enjoyed listening about this kind of some history, different types, stuff like that. Um, I've really grown to appreciate horror games over the past few years. Uh, Sam, I know, has been a longtime fan with the Resident Evil series and stuff like that. So I hope you guys enjoyed. Um, this is kind of like our Halloween episode. So yeah. thank you guys. Sam, is there anything else you want to say about horror games? Nah, I think we're good. All right. So you'd like to get in contact with us, you can reach out to us at contact at geekardgames.com. We're on Twitter and Facebook at geekardgames. You can join our Discord server at geekardgames.com slash Discord. You can find our Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash geekardgames. That's where our Extra Life stuff will be. You can reach our YouTube channel at geekardgames.com slash YouTube, where Two Guardians is still going on. Uh, we have t-shirts at geekardgames.com slash shirts. And I am at Cody on Twitter. Sam? I'm at S-K-S-U-V-A-K. And as always, keep things spooky. Take it away, Sam. All right. We're just two geeks who heart horror games. Nice. I tried. I'm not the best at the Jason. No, it's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. It's different. It's important to differentiate because some people think it's like ha ha ha. It's not it. He's saying it's saying mama ma because it's like kill mom. Yeah, I get that it's kiki mama ma, but I I am one who has always heard ah ah ah. So yeah, I mean, and that's what I believe it. But like I've I've read everything that says the kiki mama ma, so that's what I say to be proper. Um, but like yeah, I hear it the other way. So. Mm-hmm.